You got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Gators' 22-7 victory over Charlotte in the Swamp this past Saturday. The win was not exactly what Gator fans hoped for or maybe what we needed, but in other ways, I think it was exactly what this team needed. And I say that because when we look at the storylines and some of the questions I had going into the game, this really answered some things, and I think it may be a motivating factor going forward, and we'll discuss a little bit of that as we go along. With that said, let's go ahead and get into it. The number one question and storyline I had coming into the game was, could the Gators handle the success? We talked about how last year the Gators would get a big win against Utah, fall flat against Kentucky and South Florida. They would beat, you know, Texas A&M, Carolina, then lose to Vanderbilt. So there were times last year we would get momentum and then couldn't capitalize. We saw that again this week after beating Tennessee. We kind of fell flat, and for all the talk of it could be suspensions, it could be this, that. We did hear all week, and I mentioned it, that the practices weren't good. And hopefully, you know, this poor performance, which cannot happen in the SEC because that will lead to losses, hopefully this is the wake-up call for the team that, hey, we've got to be a little bit better than this. And... By all accounts, what Billy Napier was saying today in his press conference, this is being recorded on recorded on a Monday, is that practice and the attitude did seem better, or at least the attitude in the meeting room seemed better on Sunday. And so hopefully this is that wake-up call and a change in the culture in a positive way where every opponent gets taken seriously and things can move forward. And the other thing I had is, can the Gators get up big early? I talked about how Charlotte led Maryland at the half. I talked about how Charlotte can hang around. We didn't get big up up big early. We kicked some field goals instead of possibly scoring some touchdowns. And doing so, Charlotte hung around, and this was a 15-point win. And there are a few chances, as we'll discuss as we go through, where Charlotte could have made this a one-score game and... Things could have gotten nuts. Granted, there are times our defense stepped up, but again, we will we will get there. The offensive keys to the game, I said the backup offensive line needed to play well, especially with Kingsley being out and Micah Mascua and George being suspended. Also, I said we needed to work on the downfield passing game because over 50% of Mertz completions had been at or behind the line of scrimmage on the season and 68.2%. And I actually think that number was higher were nine yards or less downfield. I also said we need to get plenty of young guys reps. We did see some young guys get reps. So that was a good thing, but let's go ahead and look at those keys in a little more detail for the backup offensive line needing to play well. Um, some somewhat we did slaughter who was the backup center who played against utah played against mcnee state 
According to Pro Football Focus, he was the top-rated offensive lineman, and it wasn't a matter of him having a really good pass grade, but a so-so run grade, and the average man the top. No, he was the top run blocker on the day, top pass blocker on the day. He did really well in his backup role, at least as far as the blocking portion. The tackles, however, whether it was Hudson, whether it was George, whether it was Austin Barber, all had issues, all had poor performances on the day. And that's something that will need to be fixed going forward. With that said, Kanaji Harris, who was the other backup offensive lineman who did play, of course, Mascua missed the entire game, first half because of SEC suspension, second half because from what we learned from Billy Napier as an in-house discipline issue, Harris overall, I thought he did well for a true freshman. Again, getting that experience, which is something we wanted to see by getting up early, had Mascua played. And instead, he get Harris gets a start and gets that experience and hopefully building towards depth for the future. So a little bit of a silver lining there on that. As far as working on the downfield passing game, I was really happy, especially in the first few drives where we were throwing the ball all over the place, or at least all the way down the field with, with Mertz having 45% of his completions being 10 or more yards downfield. As we talked about a vast majority, I know I had 68.2. It might've been closer to 80%. I relooked at the numbers later that were nine yards or under as far as air yards. Well, 45% of the passes were 10 or more yards downfield for the Gators on Saturday. So that was definitely something I wanted to see, something that's now on tape that teams will have to take, you know, take notice of and will have to guard some of these areas. Charlotte, after the game, was 113th ranked passing defense. With that said, we actually passed for less than their average. Some of that was just trying to get some run blocking figured out, I'm sure, because when we wanted to pass, we did pass pretty well against the 49ers. One thing I found of note, and I heard someone mention something about this, but I hadn't really looked into it, and then I looked into it before the game, so I had to look after the game, is we had zero attempts outside the left hashes in this game, and we actually have very few that are outside the left hashes in general um, for the season. And again, speaking of things that will have to be done more so defenses don't take away more things, we're going to have to show we can attack all portions of the field as we start to face some of the better defenses in the SEC, like a Kentucky, like Georgia coming up, like you know LSU's and even some of the FSU's. And, of course, Mizzou, who many people are forgetting about. Again, a pretty good defense there with former Gator Tyrone Hopper. And one last thing I want to point out about that passing game against Charlotte was I saw a slant on a first down. I turned to my cousin's husband who went with us to the game. I said, Matt, you just saw um, a slant on first down. I think that's the first time we've done it in the Billy Napier era. And then... In the second half, I saw a slant on second down. I said, Matt, I think you've just seen history again. And, of course, speaking of history, 
I can't get past talking about our offense without talking about that catch by Pearsall, possibly the greatest one-handed catch in Gators history, if not in football history. Just the way he had his hand kind of up and reversed and then turned it and swooped it in while taking the hit. Amazing catch by Pearsall there. Um, Hopefully we continue to see these tough catches being made by the Gator receivers. If you've listened for a while, you've heard me say how last year we didn't see too much of that. This year we're seeing a lot more tough catches to help out the quarterback, and that's going to be a big difference for this offense. Moving to the defensive keys, my first key was contain Jalen Jones. For the game, Jalen Jones had 111 yards passing and 66 yards running. That's 3.1 yards per carry. But when you realize that he had a 30-yard carry, we're talking about, I think he had 20 carries and 36 yards should take away that one big one. And we're talking it's like 1.5 roughly a little bit or maybe a little bit over yards per carry point is less than two yards per carry outside of one big one this is the part where i've got to say it there were some times that luckily charlotte shot themselves in the foot we can acknowledge that our defense played really well and then also say there are a few times that the other team did shoot themselves in the foot second and one at the 50 in the second half down you know 16 to 7, and it's second and one. They've got a little bit of momentum. They break the huddle with 12 people. That's a self inflicted wound. Then they complete a pass on the same drive on third down, complete a pass down inside the 10 or the 5, and they get called for an illegal forward pass, which it was. Had he released the ball a step or two earlier, now they're looking at they've got the ball inside the 5, and this could be a ball game. But what happened, you know, is the defense play before on the second down after the penalty took advantage, made them have that long, you know, long distance on third and did what they needed to do. Later on, Jalen Jones gets a first down run, pretty decent run. However, at the line of gain for the first down, there's an unnecessary holding call. Like, it's a good call. Don't I'm not arguing the holding. I'm just saying. No reason for a lineman to be holding five yards down the field. And then, of course, it becomes instead of first and 10 inside the 20, it's now second and 10. And it's at the 30. What do the Gears do? Step up, get a sack, end up taking them out of field goal range. So our defense, when needed, stepped up and took advantage when there were mistakes by Charlotte. With that said, outside of those two drives really and of course their touchdown drive this defense lights out and that takes me to the second point is pressure trexler ivy the other quarterback for charlotte he actually came in the second drive of the game i believe he played the second and third drive i'm not sure he played any others he might have because his pass count seems a little high so only i've played two drives But point is, he came in, didn't play too many drives because we were harassing him, we were sacking him, he wasn't completing anything. Excellent defense. Again, this defense did really well, played lights out. Don't let me, talking about a few issues that we had or a few times that, you know, Charlotte helped us out with penalties, make you believe that I'm not acknowledging how great of defensive 
performance this was. For those not in the loop, the Gators are currently ranked number five, I believe, in offensive yards allowed as far as top five defense in the nation. They're top 25 scoring defense. In fact, I think they're top 10 scoring defense. Really great things from this defense, showing that some things can be turned around in a year that youth can still produce because we've got a lot of true freshmen playing. We did see a lot of young guys get plenty of reps, which was my third key. Some more than others, but definitely when you have guys like Jordan Costell going out and continuing to show as a true freshman, he has some potential to be great in the future. We saw other guys get some reps like Sharif Denson got some. We saw TJ Searcy continue to be wanting one of the highest graded players on this defense. Cameron James got a few uh, reps. And just a few others, another good one, Bryce Thornton came in, harassed uh, Wexler on, I believe, his second drive, or sorry, Trexler, Ivy, on his second drive. Lots of great things from this defense. Uh, Now the question is, can they do an SEC play? I believe we've faced one of the better offenses we will face in Tennessee. Are they as good as last year as far as Tennessee's offense? No, but I don't think that, We're going to see too much better. Now there are certain things that could make some of these better, but they follow the defense follows up that high with generally playing a lights out game against the 49ers. That's all you can ask for from this defense. Great job by them. Got to give a shout out as we talk about uh, Trace Mack uh, or as we move on, I got to talk about Trace Mack and special teams. Five out of five field goals, including a 55-yarder. Got to love that. Someone, I've seen plenty of people asking the question. I don't know the answer why Mahalik was starting over Smack, but it seems right now that Smack's, you know, on fire and hopefully continues to do that for us in the kicking game, especially after people during the last week were talking about we need to go recruit another kicker. And I was thinking... Let's give Smack a little bit of time before we write him off just because he was not the starter. We've seen plenty of coaching decisions be the wrong starter here at UF. Most notably recently, Felipe Franks over Kyle Trask. I know that's a different coaching staff, but the point is just because someone wasn't the starter does not mean they may not come in and play better than the guy who is starting. And we're here at a review, and we've got another hard truth. And just like with our Truth Be Told segment in the preview, the hard truth here is on Opportunity Knocks. In the Truth Be Told segment in the preview, I talked about how there's opportunity ahead of this Gators team. The SEC looks generally down this year. Every team that we face, especially with our defense playing as well, they as they've played so far, looks beatable. And that includes Georgia. That includes FSU. That includes LSU. I mean, heck, LSU just was in a very tough battle with an Arkansas team with no defense. I think they won Saturday night 34-31 against an Arkansas team that was missing an all-SEC running back. 
All these teams have flaws. The Gators have flaws, but the Gators have an opportunity if they just focus. The hard truth of it is we didn't really focus when we came into this game. There were issues. Granted, first drive, great. Second drive, we moved down the field, and then after that, turnovers, kicking field goals in the red zone, things that can't happen if we want to have success in the SEC. So hopefully this is a time where we've learned we need to focus. We need to play better even against these little teams in the preseason. For those that listen in the preseason and then for those that didn't, I talked about how the front half of the schedule is made really well for the Gators and how that the front half of the schedule goes like this. It goes hard game, Utah. Easy game, McNeese. Hard game, Tennessee. Easy game, Charlotte. Harder game, Kentucky. Easier game, Vandy. Harder game at Williams-Brice to finish the first seven games, first half of the season. The opportunity is knocking. The opportunity is there for the Gators to go and make some noise in year two under Billy Napier. Hopefully. This was the learning experience of, hey, we've got that down week. We can't lose focus. A lot of people wondered, why do I keep saying Arkansas might be a problem? Well, if we play tough in Jacksonville and we're looking ahead to Baton Rouge, there's a team that almost beat LSU at night in Baton Rouge waiting for us with an explosive offense who did that in Baton Rouge, again, without a first-team All-SEC running back. We need to focus each and every week because there are no let-off games in the back half of the schedule. Hopefully this gets it out of the way. So the opportunity is there, but the focus needs to be there too. Again, I know there's some issues with backup O-linemen, but with that said, again, one of the backup O-linemen was the top-graded O-linemen. And... The backup tackle was in in the second half where we only put it put up, you know, six points. So with that said, the opportunity is there, and I'm hoping that we really start to show we're going to seize it coming up against Kentucky. Of course, we have the preview of Kentucky coming in later this week. I will be recording it early as I'm flying out to Cincinnati and then heading to Lexington on Saturday, on Thursday night, when I usually record my preview. With that said, I do want to give a shout-out to my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company. If you're in the Central Florida area and you need a lawn project done, or if you just need continuing lawn maintenance, someone to cut your grass for you monthly, weekly, depending on the time of year, or bi-weekly, whatever you need, give my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company a call. Or you can text them for a free quote at 407-490-2617. You can also send them an email Alvarez Lawn Company at gmail.com. Alvarez Lawn Company, building plans that work for you. Also check out my friends at Gator Chatter. We've had a lot of good discussion talking about the game this past Saturday and things looking forward to the future. I do also write up previews and reviews of the game on Sundays. 
over at GatorChatter.com. Be sure to check those out. Be sure to check my friends out at Gator Chatter as well. And for those of you wondering, because I did mention it in the spot, I actually did not miss a lineup or a pick them uh, on Thursday when I was recording. So I was really happy about that. And with that said, looking forward to talking about Kentucky, something I never thought I'd say in my lifetime after experiencing 30-something straight wins, but we are on a losing streak, a multiple-game losing streak against Kentucky. So keep an eye out for the preview coming later this week. And as I like to say, thank you all for listening. And as always, go Gators.